All right, welcome back to the Lindroth Hockey Podcast. We're in partnership with the Black and Gold Hockey Productions, LLC. You're here today with co-host, father and son duo, Andrew Jim Lindroth. Dad, how are you doing today? Doing great, Andrew. we got a, another guest from the EIHL today. And uh, we just had one, what, about a week or two ago. We had on Harry Ferguson yep. of, uh, of the Glasgow clan. And today we're going to our first player to Guilford. Yes. So we're excited to have with us today, Tristan Fry. So Tristan uh, uh, played competitive junior hockey in the SJHL for the Melford Mustangs from 2013 till 2016, while also serving as the team captain his final year with the team. Tristan then committed to the University of Regina and played for the team from 2016 to 2020, again serving as team captain during his junior and senior year. After graduating from university, Tristan then went to Stan Pat for a year during the pandemic until he could make his way over to the EIHL and sign his first pro contract with the Guilford Flames and is currently playing his second season with the team as of this moment. So without further ado, please welcome our guest today, Tristan Fry. How are you doing today, man? Uh, I'm doing uh, really good. You guys? Yeah, not too bad. Awesome. Awesome. All right. I'll go with the first question, Andrew. So Tristan, talk to us a little bit about uh, junior hockey. I think it was in Saskatchewan you played junior hockey. And how did that help with your transition into your collegiate career? And we're helping, we're hearing a lot about the SJHL now too, as well, as well as the AJHL. So talk a little right. bit. Yeah. So uh, the SJHL is the Saskatchewan uh, Junior Hockey League. And uh, I played under John Pack Canadians, uh, Midget AAA um, in my hometown. And then from there, I, uh, I went to uh, the Melfort Mustangs. And um, my first year, we were, uh, we were fairly good. We snuck into playoffs and I think we won two games and got uh, um, lost out in the first round. My second year, we actually won the whole league. Uh, we got first. We won the, I guess you'd call it President's Trophy, which was the first time for the uh, organization. Um, we got to go to the RBC Cup, which is uh, the Canadian uh, National Championship. Um, we got to play against some some really good players. And then uh, my f- third year, um, I was the captain of uh, that team. We actually won uh, back-to-back uh, championships, which is obviously an uh, amazing uh, way to end your uh, junior hockey career. And then we went to the Western Canada Cup and, Again, we got to play against some uh, amazing players like uh, Kale McCarr was there that year, and um, he's a really good player that I uh, was able to play against. So um, for my development uh, purposes, uh, I couldn't have been happier um, with the road I took. Um, when you're in Saskatchewan, you kind of have two avenues to uh, to go through. It's either the Western Hockey League or the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League or just uh, Junior A um, in general. And uh, for me, um, I really enjoyed school, so um, I had a path of uh, going NCAA and um, I had two really good years of uh, junior hockey and I had some decent looks at a uh, division one. And uh, I was talking to, I think about four or five teams. Uh, but at the time, um, you know, my hometown kind of reached out to me and um, you know, they had a, they had a good path of uh, you know, where I could end up and they would help me become a pro. And um, I really wanted to give back to my community and uh, go and play in front of my uh, friends and family again. So for me, it, uh, it was a no-brainer, and um, it worked out. Uh, I don't regret anything, and uh, I think it really helped me uh, become a pro. Uh, you know, I always like to ask this question. I've been asking this question uh, more lately um, with guys that grew up in Canada, doesn't matter which area, um, that eventually went pro or or is currently playing pro. Was there ever any uh, pressure um, in the area or, like, with your parents or maybe the clubs that you were playing with, uh, whether it was AAA midgets or when you got to the SJHL to continue on the road of major junior hockey to get drafted, you know, or was college just always something you knew you were going to do? Yeah, I mean, when you're in Bantam, uh, that's what they call it in Saskatchewan, you're 
14, 15, uh, that's when you can be drafted to uh, the WHL. And um, I think nowadays a lot of parents and players get caught up in uh, the aspect of getting drafted. And uh, for them, it's the end of the world if they don't. But to be fair, I think it's about 65, 70% of uh, the WHL um, or our tryouts or uh, walk-on players or players who kind of bloom late. So um, for me, um, not making the WHL wasn't, uh, wasn't the end all. Was I upset? Yes. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I made amazing memories in uh, junior A and um, I'm still playing hockey to this day at a very high level. And, uh, you know, uh, the guys I grew up with that did go the WHL route, uh, they're not playing anymore. And, and uh, you know, whether they have careers or, uh, or other things, I don't really think there's a wrong path. Um, I think if you continue to work hard and uh, have a strong uh, work ethic, um, hockey can take you, you know, far, far away. So uh, I was able to go to Russia with the uh, World uh, University Games, um, which was awesome. Uh, I wouldn't have been able to have that if I played in uh, the NCAA because it was a U Sports uh, All-Star team that went. Um, so, you know, uh, then again, uh, just really happy with, uh, with the road I took. Played in Russia. Got to talk to us I about did. that experience. We've always heard crazy stuff. I mean, normally it's the guys are playing the KHL, but was there anything crazy, any good stories from playing over there? No, I mean, it's, uh, we went to Krasnodarsk, Russia, which is in the middle of Siberia. Um, we went with uh, Hockey Canada. So um, when you're with Hockey Canada, um, everything runs so smoothly and so organized. And um, it was really safe. Uh, you know, it was a, it was a great, uh, great experience. Got to go into some schools, went to some churches, really got to uh, immerse ourselves uh, in the culture there. Uh, the opening ceremony, Putin was there and he actually made a speech and, and, um, things like that. So, um, just a good overall experience. Would I go back? Probably never again. I saw it and I, uh, I did that. So, uh, just to say that I went there was awesome. The hockey was great. We ended up getting third place. We played Russia in the semifinal to a packed out rink, I think with over 10,000 people. Um, their whole team was KHL players. Um, and we're all, uh, university <laughs> players. So I think we lost four one, which was uh, pretty good. And then we beat uh, Kazakhstan in the bronze three, uh, three, nothing. Wow. Yeah, Putin sent out his best people against the college. <laughs> yeah. Of course, of course. Some things never change. Yeah. Uh, so talk a little bit about your collegiate play, your development there, and how it prepared you to be a pro, because as soon as you graduated, boom, you, you started your pro career. Right. I mean, uh, like I said, uh, the University of Regina, for myself, I thought did uh, a great job. You know, we have uh, a gym at the rink that uh, we were able to use. And we're, uh, when all the rink, uh, gyms were closed during COVID, like you couldn't do anything. No gyms were open. We were still able to go to that uh, to go to that gym. So I was able to work out kind of all year round during COVID. And, um, you know, they have an athlete performance center now there. So, um, you know, our coaches were great. Our assistant coaches were great. Um, for me, I think it's all about what you put in is, uh, what you're going to get out. And, you know, some guys go to college and they do the school thing and, you know, they just kind of go on the ice and kind of go through the motions, but, um, you have to be, I think you have to be uh, pretty determined your first year, uh, university that, you know, I'm not maybe going to go pro, but I am going to go pro and have that mindset for five years. And then, uh, that will definitely uh, set yourself up to, uh, going pro. So COVID hits and uh, what's your sort of COVID story? How did that impact you at that time? Right. So uh, we were going to play uh, Canada West was going to play, I think a 16 game season from January till late March. Um, so we were going to practice October, um, November, December. 
um, and then start up in January. So we were practicing for those three months. And then Christmas kind of came around and and uh, the cases were still really high in uh, Western Canada. And um, they came out with a statement saying we're not going to play this year. Um, so that was really tough to hear, especially uh, being my uh, my last year and not really having a senior game or, um, you know, being able to say goodbye properly. Um, but that being said, um, I had a, a, a really good opportunity to come here um, the following September, uh, which I'm uh, really uh, grateful for. So you were captain for your final year in the SJHL, um, and then you were captain for two uh, two years uh, with the University of Regina. So um, was there a difference in maybe the responsibilities or the accountability you had to have as a captain? Because we like to ask, and as the most non-generic way as possible, what is it like? What are your responsibilities as a captain? Because um, I'm sure it's it's a lot more work than what most people would think. Right. I mean. For me, the biggest difference was when I was in junior, I was one of the old, I was a 20 year old captain. Um, so I was helping the younger guys, but I was actually named captain my third year uh, with the Cougars, um, which means there was, there was two uh, age divisions uh, older than me. Right. So talking to those guys that are, you know, 24 when I'm only 22 or uh, 21, uh, I really had to take a, a different approach to them just, you know, based on that. Uh, that age difference and you know you don't want to offend them you know telling them you know what to do or kind of bossing them around which uh, by uh, by no means I would do that but I think that for myself was the biggest thing was not being the oldest guy in the team being a captain was being a more of a younger leader so just taking uh, different approaches uh, speaking maybe to the older guys or or uh, you know uh, speaking to the younger guys but for me uh, I'm all about uh, inclusiveness and and uh, making sure everyone uh, in the dressing room feels safe and and uh, and welcomed and um, definitely um, leading on the ice is is uh, one of my biggest assets. So you go right out of um, college you sign your first pro deal and it is with Guilford Flames over there in, in the uh, British elite UK league. Uh, talk us to us about how that happened and off air we told you, that our typical North American stories we hear is, you know, they play some AHL, even some NHL, uh, a lot of East Coast, and then they head over across the pond. But you do it right out of college. So what was the connection? How did you get um, sent, uh, you know, a contract all the way over from UK? And why not North right. America? Right. So uh, my agent actually was uh, was kind of pushing for uh, the East Coast. Uh, the Idaho Steelheads were uh, we were talking to for uh, for quite a while. And uh, I had a few uh, few options from uh, a few different teams. But a guy that I skate with, his name is uh, Brett Ferguson. He's from uh, Vibank, Saskatchewan, which is right outside uh, Regina. Um, he was the assistant captain here for, I think, two, three years. And um, he just said, you know, my coach is uh, interested in uh, bringing you over. Do you mind jumping on a call with him? And I ended up having a, a conversation with Paul uh, Paul Dixon, and uh, I knew right away that I wanted to play for him. Just a just a stand up guy, a great coach, lots of energy, and uh, he used to play uh, for the Flames, I think, for I think twenty some years. So uh, he has a lot of roots in this uh, this uh, um, organization. So that's kind of how it came about. And and you know, I, I always wanted to use hockey uh, as an avenue to to uh, to travel the world and. Um, you know, there's lots of leagues in Europe. And I think for myself going over right away, it was important for me to go to a country that spoke English just, you know, for the first time. And I think that would um, help, uh, help make the jump. Uh, and, you know, it definitely was the right decision. Uh, I don't regret it at all. 
And just so people don't forget too, you know, as we had mentioned before, you did have that off year, you know, right after your senior year of college because of the pandemic, you weren't able to do much. And then you signed that first pro contract. That whole year that you had off, you had told us off air and a little bit on you that you were able to practice and keep up with things. Was there any type of like, was it hard to adapt when you finally came to EIHL? Because that's your first pro contract. Now you're playing a completely different type of hockey than new sports. Um, but you were also off for a whole year. Regardless, you can't really play competitive hockey and get that feeling. So talk to us about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I didn't play a legit full um, sanctioned hockey game for almost over a year, right? So uh, my nerves before that first game were <laughs> were definitely high. And um, But that being said, I think I put in the work uh, as much as I could uh, leading up to that day. Um, you know, I skated almost every single day in the summer. I was in the gym uh, with my personal trainer. Um, I mean, you can only replicate, you know, training for so long until you need to really jump in and just feel it out. So I think last year for the Flames, I think we had 11, 11 rookies, first year pro on the team. Um, I think that was a big adjustment from, you know, last year to this year. Um, and I think retaining most of us, I think that's why you're seeing a lot of success from us this year. Um, so, yeah. So I uh, do want to talk a little bit about uh, who you guys' rivals are. We haven't had a Guilford Flames player on, and so we're trying to also understand a little bit more the EIHL. Being over here in North America, we're not able to, to watch it too much. We have to find the bootleg websites to kind of do it. So talk to us. Who's, who's uh, your guys' rivals? Is there any team that uh, you particularly don't like playing or enjoy playing? Yeah, so Guilford's just uh, south of London. It's about 25 minutes away from London. So we're the furthest south team that uh, you can kind of get in the UK. So uh, Coventry is about two hours from us, so we play them quite often. And then Cardiff, uh, Cardiff Devils are only about three hours uh, west of us, so uh, we play them as well. And I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the Cup, the Challenge Cup uh, division. So both of those teams are in our division, so we play them uh, six times in a cup, and then we play them six times uh, in regular season each. So we get to see them a lot. So um, I would say our biggest rival is definitely Cardiff. Um, we're two teams that don't overly enjoy playing each other, and we're really close in the standing. So um, every time we play them, it's it's always uh, a fast-paced uh, game with uh, high intensity and um, a lot of fights. I think we just played them on Sunday, and uh, there's kind of a line brawl at the end of the game, just some uh, animosity building up over the season. So talk to us a little bit about the uh, the league and sort of adjustments you made. You go from collegiate hockey to now you're playing with grown men, supporting families. I mean, it's a big, you're in the pros now. So what were some of the biggest adjustments you had to make your first year at Guilford? I think some of the biggest adjustments was, you know, I was living at home for five years, right. Uh, with my, with my, uh, my mom and my dad and, uh, my brother and, uh, you know, I'm getting home cooked meals and, and, uh, things like that. And, uh, when you come over here, you're making yourself uh, pregame meal, postgame meal, um, things like that, making sure your, uh, your groceries are stocked and, and all the, uh, elements outside of hockey that you don't really think of that play a huge part of your on ice product. So, um, I think that was a big adjustment. I also think the big ice over here uh, was an adjustment for myself. Um, I'd say my biggest asset is my skating. So for myself, it wasn't as tough for maybe some of the bigger guys, but um, I'm a centerman. So I, I do play down the middle and um, you know, you have a lot of area to cover when you are playing center and a lot of responsibilities. Whereas in North America, the sheet's a little bit smaller, so you can kind of cheat your way around the rink and, and things like that. But over here, you have to be sound and uh, positionally smart every single night if you want to be successful. So talk to us a little bit about 
your game specifically, not trying to sound too generic or anything, but you had talked to us a little bit off air. You know, you had went to a university, get a teaching degree and everything. Maybe coaching is something you're passionate about. Maybe you want to do something in the future. Does that blend into your game at all? Because I imagine as being, you know, team captain before for previous clubs, um, you were able to kind of get used to that and, and use those skills. So does that blend into your game at all, especially when you're out there practicing with your team, not even as a captain? Right. I mean, I think my uh, my biggest asset uh, of my game is my skating, but also my uh, my uh, energy. Um, you know, I'm not afraid to hit. I'm not afraid to go to the dirty areas, uh, stand in front of the net, um, you know, throw the body around. And I think uh, when I went to Russia, I had a coach of Kevin Hamlin. He was the, the Windsor coach uh, at the time. Um, uh, he sat me down and he said, I'm going to put you on the energy line. He actually called it. He said, you're going to start games. You're going to start every period. You're going to start after we score a goal and you're going to start after we get scored on. And I think that kind of really stuck with me and kind of what kind of hockey game that I can bring to a team. And do you think that that's missing a lot in today's NHL uh, teams? Cause you see like Tampa loading up with those type of third, fourth line grinder guys that can also play and score. Don't you think that that's kind of missing from a lot of teams in the NHL now that we have this new era NHL? I do. I mean, I think the game is getting super fast and super skilled. Um, you know, what we're seeing that guys can do with the puck is, you know, things we haven't seen ever. And uh, I do still think that, you know, that that uh, that energy, that uh, that hard hitting line um, maybe isn't used as much in uh, regular season. But I think in playoffs, it plays a huge role. And I think that's why we saw Tampa being so good, you know, in the past five years. I think Colorado had that uh, that kind of jam in their game. And then you look at St. Louis, they kind of had that jam in their game. So. I think, you know, with the lease accusations, I, I think they're trying to find that line and uh, trying to find those kind of players uh, within their uh, their uh, organization. So talk to us, why are the Flames so good this season? And I'm not sure just us in North America following it, it was a bit of a surprise to us. I don't know if that's actually the case with the league, but what is making Guilford so strong this season? Well, first and foremost, I think, um, you know, Paul, when he recruits, uh, he recruits hard and um, he goes after fast, you know, hardworking players. But uh, more importantly, he goes after good people. And I think if you have a good dressing room full of uh, good people, that eliminates a lot of stress um, within a season, as we know, that you know, peaks and valleys. But that being said, um, you know, I think we brought back over half the team from last year and we were young um, we we're eager to learn and I think we're starting to see um, those results come into this year and and um, you know like I said uh, we're just gelling you know everyone gets to the, uh, together off the ice um, our practices are always high paced communications there and I I just think that we really want to play for each other uh, this year and I think that's why we're seeing a lot of the results we're uh, we're actually getting. We've heard mixed reviews on the uh, UK born players and the imports from all over the world of sometimes ruffling each other's feathers at times, other times not. What's been your experience with the Flames as far as the native born players to the imports? Right. I mean, I've been very fortunate enough to play with awesome uh, UK born players. We have two guys on our team that play on the national team. So we have Ben O'Connor. He's a defenseman. He plays on our power play. He's kind of, kind of the quarterback. Um, he's played in some really big leagues, the KHL, you know, the Hungarian, the Slovakian. Um, and then uh, Rob Lakowicz, his name is uh, number seven. I played with him on a line last year, a little bit this year. 
he's a um he's been in the league for almost 16 years so uh, i always call him like my my uh, my joe thornton uh, when i first started playing uh in the uh in the league so um lots to learn from these guys i mean they've they've won cups here they've won challenge cups they've won playoff cups so um you know they're they're great leaders they've been through the ropes so uh we've been very fortunate enough and i think um, you know, teams fight over the really good uh, Brit players because, you know, they're, they are really hard to find. And when you can get them, you want to keep them because they do bring a lot of value to your team. So off topic question, you did just mention earlier about Toronto Maple Leafs recent acquisitions, especially their defensive core. Do you think uh, they're making a mistake basically having a brand new, I mean, the, the other players, what was it? Dry Seidel had said in an interview, uh, it looks like Toronto got a brand new team over there. Does that hurt? locker room chemistry like if Guilford just replaced most of their defensive core I mean does that really affect the locker room or is it just like you guys just move on I mean I would imagine it would affect you guys you guys make a bond with these guys right I mean you know it's pro hockey and and it's a it's a result-based business and and you know I was actually sitting on the bench yesterday when I found out that Boston got Bertuzzi and and all these other guys and I just thought you know why would they do that they're they're rolling so well the morale is good um, but that being said you know you're one injury away from um, you know not having any of that right so um, I know with I think Felino's out or Taylor Hall might be out so they brought in Bertuzzi and then once Hall's back who knows what they're going to do but um, definitely, I do think it is a fine line that you're walking on with, you know, bringing guys out, bringing them in, especially with Toronto. I think, um, you know, I'm a Toronto fan, so I follow them pretty closely and they're a young group. And I think when you have a bunch of young guys that, you know, play well together and uh, you get rid of one, I do think it uh, it throws uh, a wrench in, uh, in their system and uh, their morale. Awesome. Yeah. So um, just one of my last questions before we go into lightning round. Um, I, I do want to say, what are your future plans right now? Because we did mention off air, I do want you to talk a little bit about, and, and I don't think I got the full name, Next Level Hockey Developing. Consulting, yeah. Consulting. So I'd like you to talk a little bit about that and just future plans. You plan on staying with Guilford? Do you know yet? Kind of give us an update. Yeah, so uh, I run a, a company called Next Level Hockey Consulting. So it's a skill uh, skill development here in Saskatchewan. Um, we actually started during COVID. We actually got uh, approved to skate when all the rinks were shut down just due to our fact that we had lots of pro uh, European guys, uh, junior A, WHL guys. So the city let us skate. And, and um, the first year, I think we had 20 pros and I think we had 20 junior players. Um, and then since then, I think we're now at 35, 40 pros. And I think we're at almost 40 junior players. And then we also do a female uh, development camp which is for the female U sport uh, girls. And we skate twice a week with uh, each group. But then on the Thursdays, we play uh, four and four. And then um, from there, um, teams around Saskatchewan can uh, contract us out to come help their coaches run practices, um, show them, you know, uh, proper skill development drills, um, things like that. So um, that's keeping me really busy. It's kind of a year round thing. Um, we plan a golf tournament, uh, charity golf tournament that's coming up in June. Uh, all proceeds go to help uh, addressing players of uh, of need. Um, so that's kind of what uh, what I'm doing. I love it. Um, I can't wait for the summer. It's 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 for me uh, the most exciting time of the year. I get to come back home, see all my friends, be on the ice with them, um, get behind the whistle with uh, with the other groups, and kind of share my knowledge of uh, what I've learned uh, over my hockey career. Playoffs are coming for you, coming fast. So uh, 
Before we talk about uh, the league, and just for our listeners, we're actually recording this on March 3rd, but we won't be posting this for about till March 10th. Uh, so given this time frame, where do you think the league is at? Belfast is starting to pull away. Sheffield is having their typical problems starting in January, so they're uh, falling. Uh, what do you think? Is Belfast, are they going to be the team to beat? Is Guilford going to be the team to beat? What what can we, what do you think is going to happen here as we get ready for playoffs? Yeah. I mean, we just kind of had a, had a meeting today and, and right now the fate of, uh, of the league is, uh, is still in our hands. We have two games uh, at hand on Belfast and if we win those, we will be ahead of them. So um, that being said, we do play them one more time at the end of the year. And um, I think that that game is going to kind of come down to who's going to take the title. And, um, you know, they're playing some really, really good hockey right now, but uh, so are we, um, you know, we're, um, we're rolling and, and we're more than capable of, uh, of winning this title. And uh, I, I've been on, I think three championship teams in the last seven years. And uh, I really do think that we have what it takes to, uh, to take this thing home um, just with the, the right coaches and, and uh, the personnel uh, in the room and, and just the way that the guys want to compete for each other uh, every day. Talk to us a little bit about the fan base there. We know uh, quite a bit about Sheffield since we covered Sheffield quite a bit and we get a lot of Sheffield uh, coming through our Twitter, also Manchester. Uh, talk to us about the fan base there. Yeah. I mean, the Guilford fans are, are absolutely amazing. I mean, this atmosphere is, uh, is pretty crazy. I mean, they're always standing up. They're always cheering. We always have a, have a super packed barn regardless of our results. They're always happy for us. They're always, you know, giving us pounds on the way out saying, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll get them next time. Whereas uh, I don't know if other fan bases kind of treat them the same way. So um, we love playing in front of them. Uh, they're the reason why we do it. And, and we wouldn't be, uh, where we are uh, without them. And I do think that our rink is a very tough place to come and play because of our fans. Um, you know, when we score, it's definitely uh, a big uh, momentum because of how loud they are. So um, we couldn't be uh, more happy to uh, play in front of them. We're going to go to the lightning round. So we're going to ask quick questions, a name. If you have a story, the time is yours. Uh, but we're going to kind of make your brain think here a little bit. Okay. Sounds good. All right, here we go. Start. Go ahead. You start, Andrew. Worst locker room, but let's do just your pro career so far. What's been the worst locker rooms? Worst locker room. And I'll tell you what, we do have a very general answer. Most of the guys in the IHL have said the same thing. So I'm yeah. curious if you have the same one. Yeah. Worst locker room. I'd say Manchester or yeah, Coventry. Man. One. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Manchester. <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, we keep a running list from all our guests. What makes it so bad? You know what? The the moment you walk in, the floors are wet and the rink's really cold. So like you have to bring your mat, otherwise your your socks are going to be soaked. Um, we have to bring heaters in there just because it's so cold. So I would say it's definitely the wet the wet floor. I, I don't know if they wipe it right before we walk in the room, but it's it's definitely soaking and and it's just cold. What uh, we we heard a lot of cold water. They don't turn the hot. Yeah. Yeah, cold water and, and the showers have no uh, no water pressure. So I'm sure just, they got hot water in the home dressing. Well, I'm going to say. I'm sure they gotta, do. It's got to be by design, right? Yeah, it's it got to be. be. Okay. Yeah, they watched the Danbury Trashers documentary. Uh, yeah. this, this could be just your whole playing career. This is just a personal thing. Uh, favorite line mate, one or two players? 
Uh, I would say the line uh, mates that I had in junior, I got to play my whole basically three years with them, uh, Justin Boyer and Travis Mann. We actually were called uh, the minion line because we were all kind of fairly small, but we had the most points for, you know, as a line for two years straight, um, which was awesome. Um, and I, to be fair, I wouldn't be where I am today uh, without those two. So far in your pro career, have you had a a rat in your career? Anybody that you've got their number that's just constantly checking you from the behind or just not wanting to fight or anything, but will still get at you? No, I wouldn't say I have uh, any of that. I'd say I'm probably the rat for, for many players. For side, play <laughs> Craziest or most embarrassing thing to happen to you in a game or warm-up? Well, I would say if you fall in warm up, that's probably the most embarrassing, just based on the fact that the boys will will give it to you, and you usually have to pay a fine to the team uh, as a joke. That's what that's what we do. So this can even go back to your SJHL days, because I'm sure there was amazing goaltenders there too. Who's been the toughest goaltender for you? Not maybe not necessarily you personally too, but just your team to ever score on. Who did you hate to play against as far as a goal? I would say right now, even in this league, I'd say Beskawani with uh, with Belfast. I mean, he's so big and and he moves so well. And um, you really got to get him moving side to side if you want a chance to score at him. So um, I would say definitely him. Awesome. Pick another one, Andrew. Which arena has the worst ice conditions? Yeah. Hmm. I would say... Personally, I don't really enjoy playing in Coventry. It's kind of that that mix between soft and hard. Um, yeah. Whereas, you, you know, you get into a Sheffield, you know it's going to be soft. You get into a Nottingham, you know it's going to be soft. You get up north into Scotland, it's it's going to be hard ice. Um, so I would definitely say uh, say that one. So you're coming um, in you're in your second season. Uh, you battled through uh, a little bit of injury. How is that going? You've been uh, how's the season been going for you? Yeah, I mean, it's good. I mean, last year uh, I got slashed in January. Uh, I, get, I can kind of show you. I have the scar there oh, and yeah. then uh, on the side there as well. So I had to get uh, reconstructive hand surgery. I tore two ligaments. Um, got slashed in January. I ended up playing two weeks with it. It wasn't getting better. Um, was in a cast for 14 days. Took it off. Still hurt. Finally got uh, uh, MRI and uh, it was torn. So uh, the team was great. Uh, they got me a, a private surgery here in uh, here in uh, Guilford right away, which I'm super thankful for. And then uh, my conversation with kind of Paul this summer was to kind of come back and kind of work my way uh, back into the, into practices and and uh, and stuff like that. So I was full out ready to play kind of a middle of October, and from there uh, it's been great, and uh, I'm super uh, super thankful. So you must be feeling pretty confident, you know, knowing that each team in the uh... EIHL has a limited number of imports. You coming back from surgery, uh, they wanted you back. And, and it's kind of our understanding, correct us if we're wrong. A lot of the teams there, it, it's a year by year sort of contract. You don't have too many, you know, multi-year contracts. Um, how do you deal with that as a player? And uh, I know it's way too early to think about next season, but, you know, what do you think about your future plans or where they might be or where you might be right I mean uh you know I think a lot of players when they come over to Europe sign those uh those one one year deals just because 
you know, they want to go to different countries or they want to play in a different league. So you don't necessarily want to get yourself stuck into a, into a big, you know, three, four year contract where uh, you have to stay in uh, in one place. But um, I love it here. Um, you know, the people are great. The community is great. It's a great spot in the UK, you know, 25 minutes out of London. When my family comes, we spend, you know, nights in London, uh, uh, days in London or, um, you know, we went to Spain, a few of us uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, which was great. Um, so. Um, I'd love to be here for uh, as long as they would have me. And I think uh, that's the plan for myself. So without sounding too broad generic, this is the last question for me personally. What has been the uh, best moment in your hockey career so far? Just any moment that first thing that comes to your mind. I would say winning the back-to-back championship in uh, the SJHL was uh, was super special um, just because um, to do it once is great, but to do it twice is is even harder. And I think with that uh, resiliency that we had in the room, um, the great group of guys, I mean, the coaching staff was just phenomenal uh, throughout my whole three years there. But um, I'd also say going to uh, going to Russia with uh, Team Canada was definitely uh, definitely on my list to uh, wear the maple leaf and kind of pull that over your chest for the first time was was uh, was pretty surreal. Well said. Well, we can't thank you enough for coming on the show here today. We'll say goodbye off air, uh, but we can't thank you enough for uh, st- uh, coming on. And if not to jinx it, not trying to jinx it, Andrew, but if Guilford, uh, we'll just say, has a lot of success, we got to have you right back on because yeah. now we've got to absolutely we got to we got a deal right here. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Tristan. Uh, thanks, man. Tristan. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Great guy, Tristan Fry. Yeah. Uh, good stories too. young kid. He's only 26, 27, like my age. And, uh, right. you know, it's pretty cool that he's got the next level hockey consulting. And then he got the, uh, the interview offer to go do some development coaching with Toronto. I mean, it just sounds like the guy, which, which is kid. exactly what TJ Miller, by the way, did the right year before him. Right. Uh, which is great for that, but yeah, he still has a lot of hockey. I mean, he's two year pro here. Right. So uh, he's got a lot of hockey to play, but it's, it's good for him future, to start thinking about it's a big future, though, about the, the next step. But Guilford, second season, yep. they got a lot of faith in him, obviously, because of the limitations on imports per team over there. Yep. Uh, make sure that everybody does follow uh, uh, Guilford. And who knows? I mean, you never know. Sheffield's way down. They're having trouble. Is I think it's is it cardiff that's come that's in maybe third play i i I, we shouldn't talk without stats but uh guilford and then belfast they just won the challenge cup and now they're ready to win it all again yep yep so we'll see but we'll be cheering for uh tristan as well um and we wish everybody um a great rest of the day we appreciate everybody tuning in see you next week